Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Welcome, and thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Maryland's Most Notorious Murders, where the most gruesome, the most brutal, the most high-profile homicide cases in Maryland are profiled and examined. This week, the murder of eight-month-old Reese Bowman and the unsolved homicide of Alan Foster are profiled. Young parents Justin and Amy Bowman were doing everything right. Newly married, the couple moved from Pennsylvania to Baltimore and prepared to start their family. They bought a new row home and settled in Fells Point in Baltimore City. Their son was born first, then came their daughter Reese. They both worked good jobs, took care of and provided for their kids together. They lived their lives, minded their own business, enjoyed their life and their happy marriage, and had not a single care in the world. On Tuesday, May 23, 2017, the couple dropped their two kids off at the Rocketeers Learning Center daycare facility in the first block of South High Street, just blocks away from Little Italy. On the company's website, the daycare lists one of its goals is to create an environment for children that will be warm and friendly, that allows kids to express who they are, and to encourage a loving environment for a desire to learn and promote family involvement in the learning process. On their website, they list their main goal is to be recognized as a leader in providing the very best childcare. Licensed and accredited by the Maryland State Department of Education and the Division of Early Childhood Development, and with the hours of 6 a.m. to 12.20 a.m., this was no rinky-dink or cheap daycare facility. With a heavy focus on early education, it was more like a preschool or early learning education center where babies and young kids could learn advanced skills like sign language, or foreign language. After they dropped their kids off, they went to work like they normally did. Later that afternoon, the couple received the call that would shatter their lives forever. On that Tuesday, around 1.30 p.m., Baltimore City Police received a 911 call about a baby unresponsive and not breathing at the Rocketeers Learning Center. Once they got to the center, with paramedics, they performed CPR on eight-month-old Reese Annette Bowman, and she was rushed to University Hospital, where she was pronounced dead shortly after. The person assigned to taking care of her, 23-year-old Leah Courtney Walden from Windsor Mill, Maryland, she told the police that she fed the baby, she wrapped her in a blanket, 
and she just laid the child down in her crib for her scheduled nap because it was nap time. She told them that 45 minutes later, at the end of the scheduled nap time, she checked on Reese and noticed that she wasn't breathing anymore. Panicked, she grabbed the child out of her crib and rushed her over to her co-workers who were in the, right, in the room right next to her and they started performing CPR on the baby until paramedics got there. At first, the cops went along with this, but what Leah didn't know was that the owner of the daycare had installed surveillance cameras all throughout the facility and something in her didn't sit right, didn't feel right, it didn't make sense and it just didn't add up. So she decided to watch the recording of the room that Reese had been in. What she saw on the tape completely horrified her. The video clearly showed, plain as day, what ended young Reese's life. After being interviewed, one of Leah's co-workers later told investigators that on the afternoon that Reese was killed, Leah was pissed for some reason when she came back to work off of her lunch break and she wasn't looking forward to tending to no kids, especially an eight-month-old baby who just wouldn't go to sleep. Girl, I'm frustrated. I'm sick of this little bitch. I hate this little bitch. She makes me want to punch her in the face. That's what she reportedly said to that same co-worker. Shortly after, the tape shows that she put piles and piles of blankets on her at first, completely covering the baby's head and face while she laid on her back. Then, for good measure, with one arm, she repeatedly yanked the baby out of the crib, slapped her in the face several times, then slammed her back in the crib. The tape showed that Leah pinned the baby down with one arm while the baby kicked her legs and struggled to breathe. Then, with Leah looking all around to make sure no one was watching, she put even more blankets on the baby's face and topped all that off with even more with a pillow on her face. Mm. <laughs> the tape also shows that she walked away out of the view of the camera several times while she was carrying her, so who knows what went on then. While Leah was downstairs basically killing Reese, her older brother was upstairs with the other daycare workers. The whole ordeal took about 20 minutes. After watching this, the next morning, the owner of Rocketeers Learning Center called the police and gave them a copy of the tape. Leah, who had worked at the Learning Center for about only two and a half years, was arrested that same day and charged with the first degree murder of Reese Bowman. She had the audacity to have a short bio on the daycare's website that read, I have one year of professional childcare experience and six years of part-time babysitting. I love seeing the children develop new skills like sitting up, crawling, and walking. The best part of being an infant teacher is caring for babies who love me as much as I love them. I mean, wait, what? After Reese was killed, Merlin don't play no games when it comes to babies and kids. And even though uh, Rocketeers Learning Center never had any formal complaints against them before this, 
after this baby was killed, the Maryland State Department of Education ordered an emergency suspension of the daycare. Then they closed the facility permanently. I mean, Leah had absolutely no defense, no excuse, nothing for her attorneys to work with when this went to court. Even she was like, you know, I'm not going to ask for a jury trial or nothing. So she pled guilty to first to the first degree murder of Reese, the baby that she was supposed to be taking care of. During her sentencing hearing on November 27th, 2018, Reese's father walked out of a courtroom when he heard about the details of the tape. Watching that video is disturbing. Reese Bowman, in my opinion, was tortured. To me and all of us who are parents, when we look at something like that, there's no explanation to give. It's just evil. I mean, what motive is there to treat a baby, or any child for that matter, in that manner? That's what the chief of Baltimore's criminal investigation testified, according to an article in the Baltimore Sun. Reese's parents, they just couldn't take even being in Baltimore anymore, and they just quit their jobs, sold their home, and just left the state altogether. Even the judge cried as she viewed the tape, and there was not a dry eye in the courtroom as Reese's father gave his victim impact statement to the court. With tears, he cried as he told the court, I am devastated, and it was just too much to live with the stabbing reminder of what happened. Her father told the court that he cries at just the sight of seeing another father holding a little girl. I will never see my girl take her first steps, hold her, kiss her, comfort her when she's scared, hear her say, I love you. Reese was the first girl born to that family in 47 years, and she was born on the same day that Mother Teresa died. Reese's funeral was held at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, also known as the Baltimore Basilica, the building that's in the 400 block of Cathedral Street. And her father said that something happened to the world on the day that his daughter was killed. He said that in his mind, he saw other parents hug their kids tighter. He saw adults call their parents more. He said he heard murder change his life so much. He said he used to be happy. He used to have a life. Now he didn't see his old friends anymore. He said he doesn't part-time DJ he used to. He rarely even goes out at all anymore. In tears, he said, I have changed so much and I hate it. Then he pointed directly at Leah and said, Reese Annette Bowman accomplished more in her short life than this woman ever will. Her attorneys were basically left with no defense, nothing. Even though she had no prior criminal history, no history of mental illness, or nothing to explain her actions or nothing that would make her decide to just smother a child just because she was frustrated. Especially this was the profession that she supposedly loved so much. Her attorneys couldn't do nothing but try to shift the blame on the daycare center. They told the court in, in her defense that, you know, they said this is a terrible case. 
this was a case of a daycare center which was not operating up to code using untrained employees and overloading them with kids I think what you saw was a situation where there was a a breakdown, he said. They said she fell apart under the stress, and they blamed the murder on her not having any formal training or help. Leah did apologize to Reese's family in the courtroom. Crying uncontrollably, she said, There was not a time in my heart that I wanted this to happen. And her sister continued for her saying, She's not a monster. She's not an evil person. She was frustrated. Then she turned to Reese's family and said, I'm so sorry. With all my heart, I'm sorry. The judge wasn't convinced with none of this, none of the apologies, none of the tears. He wasn't moved by any of this whatsoever. And she showed no mercy when she sentenced Leah to a life sentence with all but 70 years suspended plus five years of probation and Leah will be eligible for parole when she is 59 years old man this case was notorious in Maryland because once again the sheer brutality of it who smothers an eight-year-old baby in a daycare center Um, and especially because she would nap according to uh, her quote-unquote nap time. When I heard about this case, I was mortified because at the, at the time I had a four-year-old that was in daycare. You know, it made me want to send him to the center with a camera on. You know, with him wearing a camera or something to find out for sure if there were any problems or anything. Um, this... I, I, you can't explain away her actions as just being frustrated. Who snaps for 20 minutes? You know, this, who, 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 you know, this was not done out of act, out of, to me, it wasn't done out of frustration. You know, snatching a kid up, one, slamming him down on the bed and you know, or the crib or whatever, and uh, putting blankets on him. That takes, to me, that takes planning. That takes, and especially to say what she said about her before her nap time, before she did what she did, you know, calling a baby a little bitch. What? Um, who hired her? Um, and some aspects, I do believe that the center was liable because was there any training? Um, was there a background check? Even though there was no criminal record, I mean, what kind of person just zaps out one day and just decides to smother a child to death i believe she's a stone cold killer i mean to be that young 23 with such a lengthy sentence first of all i mean of course i did have i did write her and of course i asked her the questions that everybody wants to know like did you really just snap and just decide to smother a baby i mean are you really sorry for this where there's tears that you had in the courtroom were they sincere um, is there anything that you want to say to the family? And there was no response, not yet anyway. Um, I don't anticipate her responding to my letter because most child killers do not like talking about their crime, especially um, answering the questions that I asked. Um, she will never have kids of her own, at least not 
biologically because she most likely will never get out of prison even though she is eligible for parole in 59 that does not necessarily mean that she will make that parole um what really touched me the most in this case was i really 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 felt bad for the parents because it just seemed like they were doing everything right and they trusted this daycare facility especially this was supposed to have been an elite daycare facility, which I'm quite sure was not cheap. And they paid for adequate adequate care. And they, in turn, received... Uh, their daughter, in turn, lost their life because of the care that she received. It's something that they thought that maybe if they paid more money for it, that, that she would be taken care of better. And I just thought it was brutal with the fact that her brother, you know, was upstairs while this was going on. And maybe, maybe the, I hope she didn't know that there were cameras there, but maybe she even, what if she knew that there were cameras there and still did it? I just felt like, in my opinion, I, some kind of way, the facility, the daycare facility was liable in some aspect for the lack of training. I mean, the lack of, uh, background checks something i mean this case just really 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 devastated me to 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 no end and it will always be labeled as one that was notorious in the state of maryland this episode's unsolved homicide is the unsolved murder of 56 year old alan foster on thursday january 30th 2014 around 6 50 p.m someone shot alan foster in front of his home in the 4100 block of walward street in the irvington neighborhood in southwest baltimore alan and his wife had just came back from a nearby store where they had spent the evening playing keno they were in their kitchen when their adult son asked his father to go start his car for him when Alan went outside to start his son's car, he was shot multiple times. His wife said she never heard a sound. What she did hear was her son yelling for someone to call 911. And when she tried to go outside to see what, what was going on, her son and the neighbors all tried to keep her from coming outside. But she could still see her son, her husband, lying in the middle of the street in a car just nonchalantly riding up the street. When paramedics arrived on the scene, Allen was rushed to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead. His murder rocked his family and devastated his wife, who said she had the perfect husband. According to an article in the Baltimore Sun, his wife thinks her husband was killed in some form of mistaken identity, and she told the Baltimore Sun, I had a wonderful husband. I had a husband that people dream of having. This was certainly not meant for him. My husband does not have a mean spirit anywhere. He's all about helping people. He's all about community. He's all about family. If there is anything that he's really passionate about, it's about the children. What can I do to help another child's life? That was his motto for everything. Allen was a retired roofer who had worked 30 years before retiring. 
He was also a longtime volunteer with the March of Dimes, which is a national nonprofit organization that works to improve the health of mothers and babies from the beginning of their lives. He loved organizing the annual March of Dimes Great Escape Chesapeake Bay Swim, and he loved working part-time at his church. Everybody knew Alan on his block, and everybody got along with him because he helped shovel snow for his neighbors, he helped the kids with their back-to-school events. Alan had five, ch- five children, 12 grandchildren, and unfortunately, he was just one of five people that were shot in Baltimore City that same day. This man reportedly was the perfect father, had a wife who adored him. He had absolutely no enemies, no motive, no reason whatsoever to be gunned down in front of his home. But this is something that, like, he was one of five people killed in Baltimore City. Let that sink in. One of five people that same day just shot and and killed in Baltimore City. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, let's give, let's help give his wife and his family the justice that they deserve and get this murder solved. If you have any information on the unsolved homicide of Alan Foster, please call Homicide Detectives at 410-396-2100 or you can text them at 443-902-4824. Thank you for tuning into Maryland's Most Notorious Murders. Please be be sure to tune in next week where another gruesome, another grisly homicide will be examined and profiled. This has been a real life production.